This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Not on pre-record this time. I wasn't really paying attention over the vacation, to be perfectly honest with you. I knew that there was a mix of Matlock holiday specials and reruns. But I don't know what was what. So, I don't either. Yeah. So I, I know. You were here and you didn't even. Yeah. I, I remember before uh, from the, before Christmas, the week before Christmas, we were doing Matlock. But after that, I was gone. I was out of town. Oh, until okay. I got you. The 31st. So, so. so whatever the mix was, thank you <laughs> for everybody who covered it. Uh, it is me, not pre-record. I am actually back. So I uh, do want to thank uh, everybody for all of the holiday wishes and the well wishes and everything else uh, over the over the break. I do appreciate that. All right, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. I think the first thing that I have to talk about is what has been happening in Iraq. And since I hear that a local news outfit misidentified this multiple times in their news report is happening in Iran, uh, it is not happening in Iran. It's happening in Iraq at the the embassy there uh, with Iranian-backed militia, et cetera, et cetera, however you want to frame it. There are terrorists that are there, obviously, but they're all backed by Iran. Now, for those of you who don't know, Iran is the leading state sponsor of terrorism, and it doesn't matter what anybody tells you, that is an absolute fact. It is well known in the intelligence and military communities. It is not a secret, but I keep running into people on social media who think that that is some kind of flat earth conspiracy theory or something of that nature. Not that I'm saying the earth isn't flat, because I don't need need that debate my first day back, okay? I, I... Post enough memes and jokes about that on the Facebook page. So let me just start off by one rumor that kind of came out. This is the Daily Mail. Barack Obama welcomed the leader of the U.S. Embassy attack to the White House. Now, no, this is not me saying Obama is the reason that this happened. No, that's not what it's about, okay? Uh, But it is interesting to note that this individual did go to the White House. And now he's attacking the U.S. Embassy there, or responsible for attacks. Now, pictures came out today. We finally saw what had happened at the embassy, uh, basically torched. Um, and and I, I guess I just have to do what everybody else is, has already done and point out that we had an embassy attack under the last administration as well. And when that happened on September 3rd, uh, September 11th, excuse me, when that happened, There wasn't a response. In fact, there was multiple delays of a response. And the official answer for that was, well, fog of war. So we don't send anybody in the middle of fog of war, which, of course, everybody who's been in the military raised their hand and said, "Um, no, that's not how things go. When there's fog of war, you still send people. You try to get as much information as you possibly can, but you still send people. Uh, For those of you who do not know, when I was in the military, I would have been a part of a detachment that would have assisted in those types of operations to rescue people at embassies. So this is kind of my wheelhouse. And so when I hear the former secretary of, of defense and the president and 
the Secretary of State and everybody else at the time under the Obama administration running around and saying that we couldn't send anybody to Benghazi because we didn't know everything that was happening and we didn't have any eyes on. Of course, we knew that they did have eyes on. They lied about that. That came out later. But it's also not true. You absolutely send people. And President Trump did. We've also got footage today of after they were sent, how quickly the terrorists, we'll just call them that, scattered. The moment that initial contingent of the uh, rapid response Marine Force that was there, I apologize, I don't know the name of the detachment off of uh, memory. They used to be the Fast Marines, but I think it's a different detachment here. They, when they got there, there was a, a pretty quick dispersal away from the embassy. And then, of course, the Iraqi troops showed up. Uh, they have been helping keeping the, now they're calling them protesters away, even though the protesters are still causing damage. Uh, now they're deploying more troops that are there. Uh, but again, this is the Daily Mail, okay? The leader of an Iran-backed U.S. embassy siege in Baghdad was welcomed to the White House by Barack Obama eight years ago before becoming Tehran's point man in Iraq. Hadi al-Amiri was Iraq's minister of transport under then-Prime Minister Nouri al-Maliki and stood in the Oval Office as part of Maliki's delegation on a visit to the White House in December of 2011. Again, no, that does not mean that Obama is responsible for all of this, okay? I know some people have been using this as a way to attack Obama. It's, I'm just pointing out that this is, this is a real thing. It's not some weird internet rumor, okay? It really did happen. On Tuesday... Al Amiri was among those leading the charge against U.S. Embassy in Baghdad when it was stormed and set alight by pro-Iran militants. Uh, it must be a British thing, set alight. That's interesting. Uh, U.S. Secretary of State Pompeo shared a photograph of Amiri amid the rioters condemning him as an Iranian proxy and calling those shoulder to shoulder with him terrorists. The head of leading pro-Iran Shia faction, Amiri, exerts great power within Iraq's state-sanctioned popular mobilization force, the PMF, and was highlighted by Pompeo among three other men as the ringleaders of the siege, okay? So I just wanted to get that out there because I know that I've been seeing a lot of you spreading the rumor or doubting the rumor or trying to confirm the rumor that this, in fact, did happen. And yes, it did, in fact, happen. It is not President Obama's fault. Uh, I don't have any information that would... Uh, seem to suggest that this should be a stain on his reputation and or legacy or anything of that nature. You know, this is a guy who was a part of a delegation. He came to the White House, you know, eight years ago, did what he did, and now he's doing what he's doing. It, that Obama can't be held responsible for that, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just pointing it out that there were some people who thought that it was a conspiracy theory, but in fact, it did happen. It's real. So the first wave of 750 troops got there. Um, I, I don't, I, yeah, Fort Bragg also deployed, um, the first brigade combat team from the 82nd. They were there. Uh, so there's several more troops that are going there as well. Thousands more that they're, they're saying, so they're preparing and they're doing what they're doing. But again, I want to just compare and contrast this here. I don't need to break down all what happened over the, the past couple of days with you. Most of you are already well aware of it, but if you look back at how, the previous attack on an embassy was handled. I'm talking a major attack. There have been small ones, obviously. But major attack on an embassy, complete lack of support, even months leading up to that attack, complete lack of support, abandonment even, would be an appropriate terminology to use. 
then here, immediately it happens, and reinforcements are deployed, and then more troops are now mobilized, more troops are now being deployed, local government has been able to help out, of course Libya was a different situation, and it is just a completely different response. Now if I were in the military at this point in time, and obviously I'm not anymore, but if I were in the military at this point in time, I'm sitting here and going, wow, okay, cool. So this guy's going to have our back if something happens. Because the last one didn't have our backs when something happened. And people died. We lost a U.S. ambassador, I think three Americans, several others were seriously injured. All because they refused to send reinforcements. Then there's that horrendous story that they were debating, and this was primarily apparently coming from the State Department, which would be Hillary Clinton at the time, uh, debating uniform changes and things of that nature, literally clothing, while our people were fighting in Benghazi. Very different response here. But for me, the bigger issue is how the media themselves have been responding to this. Now, I'm sorry, but if you are a member of the press or even your your average Joe Schmo out there, no offense, Joe, who are sitting there calling this Trump's Benghazi, you are about as dumb as what I left in my toilet bowl this morning. Because again, huge difference. One, in Benghazi, no support was sent. Then there was a cover-up. Then there was a lie about the cause of Benghazi. Then they blamed an innocent man who had nothing to do with it, who made the YouTube video, remember? Then they spent hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars to run PSA ad campaigns in Pakistan, excuse me, Pakistan, to go ahead and let everybody know that the violence that happened in Benghazi because of that YouTube video had been dealt with and that Americans don't think that way. Now, that's all real. That's not conspiracy theory either. I don't know how many of you remember all of that. The U.S. government literally paid for an advertising campaign in Pakistan to tell them that they were sorry about the YouTube video that they said caused Benghazi. You had the Secretary of State and the Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden at the time, lie to the parents of Tyrone Woods and the others who were killed there. Lied face to face with them. That was Benghazi. At this point in time, we've got Americans safe. We've got reinforcements sent there immediately. We've got more reinforcements coming in. And we have the embassy personnel being protected. Huge difference. So I'm sorry, you're about as dumb as you can possibly get if you're out there saying that this is Trump's Benghazi. The other aspect of that is now trying to dunk on the president because this happened as some proof of a failure of foreign policy makes you even dumber than the people who compared this to Benghazi. Because if you're going to say that this is a failure of foreign policy, which is why this happened, what on earth must you be saying about President Obama? Who suffered several of these attacks, one major one, but suffered several of them, and Americans were killed. I would also like to close with this one little bit, and then we'll get into stuff that is happening uh, more close to home. A lot of these members of the media 
who are politicizing this in order to go ahead and attack the president are literally exploiting a potential tragedy and an attack on American personnel for political gain. I want you to think about that. Rooting for an attack like this on Americans, putting Americans' lives in harm's way, just so you can attack the President of the United States, whom you disagree with, is about as low as you could possibly get. One might even say, folks, that that would make you an enemy of the American people. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I know that a lot of you are now done with the holidays, and you're probably sick and tired of cooking and making things, and you're probably ready to take a load off. But you still want to have a good size portion of food. Let's be honest, our stomachs have not shrunken after all of the extra calories that we have been consuming since November and it takes some time for your stomach to get back to its normal size. I'm not talking about your fat. I'm actually talking about your stomach. So you're probably a little bit more hungry than you generally are throughout the year. That's where Bruno's Perbaco comes in because it is big plate Italian food that is made from scratch. The stuff is phenomenal. Love this place. My family and I go there on a regular basis. Uh, in fact, it's been two weeks since I've been there and I am having withdrawals. I was just thinking about this yesterday. Uh, I was talking to uh, some of the people who work there uh, online because we've become uh, good friends. So if you go to brunosperbacco.com, brunosperbacco, B-A-C-C-O, a couple of people ask me how to spell that. Uh, if you go to their website, you can make your reservations, and I recommend that you do that, because since we have started uh, endorsing the place, it has been busy. A lot busy. So sometimes it's hard to find a table. So definitely make your reservations. You can always sit at the bar. You can eat at the bar as well. They have phenomenal bartenders and servers over there. Just a fantastic place. Wood-fired pizzas and everything else, too. Just a fantastic place for you to go and eat. Family-friendly. Perfect for date night. Perfect uh, if you just want to go and have a drink. It's just an awesome place. So, again, brunosperbaco.com. They're on County Road 16 in Elkhart. When you go into Bruno's Perbaco, please let them know that you heard about them from me. All right, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. And please put MNC at the beginning of that message. Let's talk about the presidential campaign, particularly the Democratic side. It is time, once again, because uh, you have the last quarter of the year that just ended. Uh, now, that last quarter covers October, November, and December. Okay, so you want to go ahead and figure out who finished 2019, you know, pretty good financially as far as the Democratic candidates are concerned. There's continuing to be more scandal involving Hunter and Joe Biden, new allegations made against them over the uh, the time that I was off. I don't know how much of that was covered, if any of it, or if you were tuned in as a result of your holiday schedules, but there has been new allegations. We'll hopefully get to that today. If not today, maybe tomorrow. So now what we have is we have the latest with Bernie Sanders topping the Democratic field. So Bernie Sanders, there was an article over the holiday 
And so that Bernie is starting to really pick up steam. Now, the reason that he is picking up steam is because Bernie is Bernie, and Bernie is, well, he's old and he's faithful. So you know who he is. And Bernie has his obviously very, very enthusiastic supporters. Uh, he's getting a lot of money from teachers and teachers' unions. The Red for Ed thing has certainly helped Bernie Sanders out. Remember, the Red for Ed movement was established by a known Marxist. He established that. I am not saying that all of you teachers who decided to go ahead and protest and keep my kid out of school and making things a little bit more difficult for me and every other parent out there uh, with an unusual schedule change. I'm not saying that you're a socialist or a Marxist. I'm saying the person who started the movement you participated in was, and his motivations are socialism, Marxism, and communism. That's what his motivations are. They may not be yours, but that's what his are. I went over the history of that guy uh, a couple of weeks ago. And Bernie Sanders has taken advantage of that. Now, Bernie Sanders hauled in $34.5 million in the fourth quarter. That is a lot of dough considering the field, okay? So $34.5 million. He is the top Democratic candidate at the end of 2019 in that quarter. So he hauled in more money in that last quarter than any other candidate. We'll get to Buttigieg here in just a second. Now, that's a big deal for him especially when you consider that he hasn't been considered the front runner but now it's starting to look like he may very well he may very well be the front runner or close to it okay Joe Biden still has the scandal stuff Joe Biden still says stupid things Joe Biden still touches children inappropriately in public Joe Biden still does a whole host of of weird awful things okay Joe Biden is Joe Biden there's a reason that every time this guy's run for president he has started off pretty hot and then flamed out But then you have Elizabeth Warren, who keeps getting caught lying about things, like being fired for being pregnant, her Native American heritage, that sort of stuff. Um, A lot of people don't trust her on money issues. She won't release her taxes from the private sector. There's a whole bunch of weird stuff with Elizabeth Warren. She's also been hit pretty hard by Pete Buttigieg, okay? And Pete Buttigieg is doing what he can to go ahead and nip at her heels and and kind of uh, take her position. They're actually very similar policy-wise. Pete Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren, very similar policy-wise. They're not exact. They have some differences. Don't get me wrong, but they are very similar. So you've got Bernie Sanders raising $34.5 million in the fourth quarter of 2019. That's that's huge. Now, then you have Pete Buttigieg, $24.7 million. Also not bad, again, considering the field. So you look at that, um, that's that's pretty nice. Now, he's raised $76 million since he launched his campaign. All right? So total amount of money that Pete Buttigieg has raised is $76 million. So he's still way behind a lot of people in total fundraising. But in the fourth quarter, he had a, he had a pretty decent fourth quarter. No doubt about that. Uh, so you look at uh, the money situation. Now, money will tell you a big story of politics. There's no doubt about that. I always tell you, take a look at the money, and that will give you a good barometer of where things are going. Money is more accurate than polling, okay? Let's look at the polls. You go to realclearpolitics.com. Casey, why do you use Real Clear Politics? Because they use every poll that's out there. That's why. And then they average them out, and they tend to be the most accurate long-term. Doesn't mean that there isn't going to be some skewing, because if you, here's the thing. If you have a skewed poll, that skewed poll is still added into the algorithm that Real Clear Politics uses. So if there's a skewed poll, it still could skew the results a little bit, all right? The idea of Real Clear Politics is they take all of the polls, they average them together, and then you get less skewed results. That's the whole point. So let's take a look at what we're looking at 
nationally. Where is Pete Buttigieg nationally? Ah, he's in fourth place. He's at 8.3%. Elizabeth Warren's got 15.1%. Bernie Sanders, all of a sudden, contender nationally at 19.1%. Not only is the Democratic field huge still, and new people keep getting into this thing, Bloomberg, but there's like a new front runner every two months. Well, I should say there's a new hot ticket every two months because Joe Biden is still the front runner at 28.3%. Bernie Sanders is number two at 19.1%. That's nationally. All right. So Joe Biden is still sitting there nationally as the front runner. That doesn't mean that people think that Joe Biden is the front runner because if you look at Iowa, Joe Biden's in third. You look at New Hampshire, Joe Biden's in third. Uh, he's number one in Nevada, but Nevada isn't. It doesn't have a lot of clout, right? Then you have South Carolina. Joe Biden's number one there. And then you have uh, the betting odds now say that Joe Biden is back in the lead on this thing. And Elizabeth Warren is basically fading. So Elizabeth Warren, 15.1. She's at third place now. Let's look at Iowa. Pete Buttigieg is still leading Iowa, but he's in margin of error. He's at 22%. Sanders is at 20. Joe Biden's at 18.8. Elizabeth Warren is at 16 Klobuchar is at 6.3 there. She's not a contender there. So statistically, Sanders and Buttigieg are tied in Iowa. Uh, then you have New Hampshire. Bernie Sanders is at 19. Buttigieg is at 17.7. Biden's at 14.3. So statistically tied in New Hampshire with uh, Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders. Uh, Buttigieg is way down in Nevada, which is strange because Nevada is actually a pretty gay-friendly place. But I guess that I don't know why they're hanging on to Joe Biden. That's actually not typical of Nevadans, but... I digress. Uh, South Carolina, we know that Buttigieg is not going to win South Carolina. He, he is terrible um, with, with the black vote right now. So, statistically, nationally, Joe Biden is still your front runner. But with Iowa and New Hampshire, um, we are actually looking at the a, a tie between Sanders and Buttigieg. And, of course, those two had a pretty good fourth quarter last year, fundraising-wise. They were all dwarfed by Donald Trump. And the GOP, who are still hoarding hundreds of millions of dollars and have a massive war chest that has never been seen in re-election politics ever. So just want to point that out. Like I said, money will tell a very, very good story about where the, the elections are going, but it is not 100%. So it's an interesting end to 2019 for those candidates, but uh, Elizabeth Warren no longer the hot ticket item anymore. So they keep having these changing these changing leadership roles. We'll see if she can bounce back or if she's going to do what uh, what ended up happening with uh, What's-Her-Bucket, um, the lady who was assassinated by Tulsi Gabbard. So we'll, we'll see what happens, okay? All right, 574. I've already forgotten her name. I know I've, I've been on vacation. I've been on vacation, so I'm forgetting people's names and stuff like that, but I've, that's how quickly she has faded. Nobody even cares who she is anymore. Kamala Harris, that's it. All right, 574-2595-953. More coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. want to thank you for tuning in, and I do appreciate all of you being in the audience and joining us in 2020. I uh, do have some cool things that are going to be happening in 2020. I, I hope to be announcing some of those things for you soon, 
and uh, just uh, taking taking my time and getting them all together. But uh, there will be some new avenues, some new features, especially on YouTube. That's going to be coming here soon uh, as well. Got some new equipment for Christmas. I'm pretty excited to test it out. But uh, again, just stay tuned for all of that stuff. In the meantime, if you'd like to join the program, the phone number to call us is 574 25 That is 2595-953. You can also send me a text message at 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning just so I know that you're talking to me. If you would like to follow me on Facebook, my page is at Casey the Host. And on Twitter, it's at RealCaseyH. So now I have to get used to saying the different handles because I was banned on Twitter. Now I'm back on Twitter, but I'm also verified on Twitter. So, uh, yeah. I, does that qualify as a new year, new me? If I No, doesn't. All right. It's too, yeah. It, it, it did. It happened a couple of weeks before the end of the year, I guess. All right. So in the meantime, on New Year's Eve, the Indiana Attorney General's office actually released a new report on the abortionist Ulrich Klopfer, Now, this is the guy that had all of the baby remains at his property in Illinois and then in his car, uh, which we have uh, been able to get those back. He had over 2,200 of them in his home in Illinois. And, of course, he died, the family, going through his stuff. They find all of these things, and they're horrified, as anybody would be horrified. And then they go ahead and, well, maybe not Alyssa Milano. She'd probably bathe in their body parts, but... Uh, Everybody else would be horrified, and then they contacted the authorities who were, like, um, a little freaked out. And everybody, for quite some time, has been trying to figure out why this guy kept over 2,200 fetal remains on his property. And then they were looking in one of his cars, and they ended up finding more in his cars. So he's a real creeper. We've also found out, uh, from some of the reports out there, that his peers, doctors, really didn't like him. And they didn't think that he was a good doctor either. And then we found out from many, many patients, women who actually had an abortion with him, that he was a real pile of garbage. He wasn't, uh, it wasn't sensitive. He wasn't nice. He was abusive. He was a pretty, pretty awful guy. Now, I remember Indiana revoked his license to practice and then he packed up, moved away to Indi- Illinois. And that's, that's where we kind of pick up. So the preliminary report on the investigation of Dr. Klopfer went into the life and practices of him and his family. Again, they discovered 2,246 medically preserved fetal remains in his home. Uh, He died in September at the age of 79. They also found uh, just under 100 additional remains in October in the trunk of his car because that's just the kind of dude that he is. Uh, again, he had three different abortion clinics in Indiana. He didn't just have the one in South Bend. He had he had one in uh, in Fort Wayne as well as another one. So the report that was compiled by the Attorney General Curtis Hill, uh, let's see, posted to the public December 31st, also reveals that the fetal remains that he stored on his property cannot be identified and will be interred. Okay, so they're not able to identify uh, the fetal remains. Now again, they're medically preserved. Okay. Amid new details of the report is the fact that based on the poor condition of the fetal remains and unreliable nature of the accompanying records, oh, that's another thing. He didn't secure the records of the patients that he saw over the years, and I think um, that they were just in the building or something like that, and so those have now been properly taken care of in accordance with records laws. He's uh, See, it's not possible to make an independent verification of the identities 
of the individual fetal remains, the AG's office announced. The remains were found in various states of decay. According to the report, the remains were mostly found inside molding boxes and old styrofoam coolers containing large red medical waste bags. It appeared as though each remain had been placed in a small, clear plastic specimen bag for the purpose of being medically preserved in a chemical suspected of being uh, being formalin, a formaldehyde derivative. However, many of the bags had degraded over time and or suffered damage, resulting in leakage from the individual bag into the outer box bag or cooler. Now, I, I, I have lots of questions, and I think a lot of people have lots of questions still about this, but I can only imagine how the odor in this man's garage would have been as a result of all of this. Various personal health information was written on the front of the bags in black marker, according to the report, uh, patient chart numbers, dates, that sort of thing, uh, the patient's initials. But the information varied greatly, and some of the information had eroded over time due to the leakage. Of course, you're getting stuff on the uh, the outside of the bag, and then, of course, you know, the ink just kind of washes away. Uh, the Will County Sheriff's Department also discovered health records of patients in Klopfer's garage with startling errors, omissions, and improbable entries. Which is also very interesting because that was predominantly the reason that he lost his license was was uh, medical uh, record problems. So, yeah, real piece of work. As we continue to learn more about this guy, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Of course, like I said, his peers and his patients didn't like him one bit. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. <laughs> Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. Please put MNC at the beginning of that message. All right. So if I were to ask you to guess the least educated state in the u.s what do you think it would be joe any idea least educated oh, state. least educated state uh let's just go for the meme and say alabama alabama no not even close actually <clears throat> um, no what do you oh because that's higher on the list than is it really high on the list for educated states than alabama let's look at alabama hold on do, 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 do. I want to find out where Alabama is just because he guessed. Mm, less educated than Indiana. Uh, they're 19th in the country. That's not half bad. So, and, and by, by 19, I mean lower numbers worse. Okay. Oh, well, so then that's, that's, they're, up, that's, they're trying to get to the middle of the road, but they're not quite there, right? They're, almost they're, average. they're trying. Almost average. Now, here's what I will tell you. Alabama is more educated than Massachusetts. Really? Yes. So nobody anywhere in Massachusetts can ever crack an education dumb joke about anybody from Alabama anymore because all Alabama has to do is look at the American Community Survey, which goes, uh, which is a five-year estimate from 2014 to 2018. 
And these are for people who never finished ninth grade. We're not talking about college education here. I am talking about ninth grade. Okay. So there are more people in Alabama who have finished ninth grade than in Massachusetts. <laughs> if you if you had uh, had to listen to the press about all of this, they would probably tell you that and Massachusetts is really educated because it's Massachusetts after all. It's liberal bastion Massachusetts. Um, I will give you some other shockers too. Alabama is more educated than New Jersey. They are more educated than Illinois. They are more educated than Rhode Island, and they are more educated than New York, and they are more educated than California. So who do you think is the least educated state, Joe? Without going for the meme. By the way, everybody knows it's either, if you're going to make fun of dumb people, right, you go for Alabama or Kentucky. That's generally, and I'm not saying that that's true or accurate. I'm saying that generally the internet goes that yeah. direction. Yeah. Okay, I'm not, I'm not advocating that line of thinking. But Joe went for the meme with Alabama, which is always on. And I admitted that I was going for the meme. Exactly, 100%. Oh. Uh, California. California is number one, the least educated state in the country by a lot. Who's two? Texas. Now, why do you think California and Texas are the two least educated states? So for those of you who thought that this was going to be another way to bash uh, you know, blue states over red states, not sorry, this, that's not how it goes. It, this list is actually pretty mixed. If you look at the top 20, it's, it's pretty mixed between blue and red states. But there is something in common with the top four states of least educated populations. They're all southern border states? <sighs> they are all... They're all border states or close to it. I was going to say like New Mexico is going to be my next New Mexico is number four. Now, I, okay, I will. There is one in the top four that is not a border state. So what one's the number three? New York. Okay. Which also gets a massive influx of illegal immigration. So California, large illegal immigrant population. Texas, large illegal population. New York, large illegal population. New Mexico, large illegal population. Kentucky, less so. More about the culture in Kentucky than about immigration. Uh, Then you have Nevada, large illegal uh, immigration population there. Arizona, large illegal immigration population. Mississippi, more about culture than immigration. Then you have Rhode Island. I don't have an explanation for Rhode Island. (laughs) I have no idea. Rhode Island is number nine on the list. All right, so least educated. We're going to count this up. Least educated, I'm not going to do the entire list, I just want, want you to know that. California is the least educated, then Texas, then New York, then New Mexico, then Kentucky. Kentucky's more educated than New York. Just want to make that crystal clear, all right? So nobody in New York, nobody in California, none of them can make fun of Kentucky anymore. Because Kentucky has more people per capita that have graduated beyond I know, I hate that term graduated when you're talking about ninth grade, but they have gone beyond ninth grade than those in California or New York. So anybody in California or New York, so next time you you see some liberal in uh, in New York City make fun of Kentucky, you remind them that more people in Kentucky graduated ninth grade and uh, went to tenth grade than in, uh, in New York. Uh, so let's see. Uh, then you have, after Kentucky, you have Nevada, 
Arizona, Mississippi, Rhode Island, then you have Louisiana, then you have Illinois, then you have Arkansas, then you have New Jersey at 13, Florida at 14, which I'm sure a lot of you, if I look at the text messages, probably said Florida. Florida Uh, 15 is Tennessee, 16 is Georgia, 17 is North Carolina, 18 is Massachusetts, 19 is Alabama, 20 is West Virginia. Although 21 is Virginia, so I mean, you know, at least they're they're close to one another. All right, so anybody want to guess where Indiana is? 35. In- ah, close, 31. All right. So Indiana's 31. Indiana's actually it's pretty good. Above average. Yeah, it's, Take that. It, it is above Take that. average. Yep, slightly above average. Better than Hawaii. Uh, we are just beating out Kansas, and we're statistically tied with Washington, Oregon, Kansas, and in, in Indiana. So, or, you know what I mean? Indiana's statistically yes. tied with them. Uh, yeah, first day back. What do you want from me? Uh, then you have, uh, let's see, where's Michigan? Michigan is really good. Michigan is 40th. Ooh. Which is good. That's, not, that's pretty good. They that's are pretty respectable. Top, they are top 10. Michigan is top 10. So for my Michiganders out there, uh, top 10. Although marijuana has just been legalized, so who knows how that's going to change. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Had to go with the throwaway joke there. The number one state for people who go beyond the ninth grade, number one state. Again, this is per capita, okay? Wyoming. Really? Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, number two is Montana, which is hysterical because those two states hate each other. Uh, let's see. Then you have New Hampshire. Then you have Vermont, Alaska, and then Maine. Alaska? Alaska. Yeah. Apparently, they value education in Alaska. All right. I'll take so. That. There you go. So don't let anybody in California or New York City make fun of anybody from Kentucky ever again because more people go beyond the ninth grade in Kentucky than in California or New York City. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.